And welcome everyone to this edition of the NACAFA 65 Years of Our Huddle Includes Everyone podcast series. On this edition, we've got a, uh, well, they're all special guests, but this one's kind of a, a really interesting one. It's ex-Ottawa U player Cyril Ajeti. Cyril grew up um, playing for the North Gloucester Giants, and his story is a really interesting one. One that, uh, well, quite frankly, is still being uh, written. Cyril uh, immigrated from Ghana, and he tells an interesting story of his first time on the football field thinking he was going to, and I do the quotations thing, football practice, i.e. soccer practice, and he shows up at the field and he sees all the, the helmets and shoulder pads. And so Cyril dives a little into that. As well, Cyril talks about his football career, which led to uh, a three-time All-OUA selection and two-time All-Canadian, as well as his master's degree in biochemistry and currently working for one of the biggest producers of COVID-19 testing kits. Um, again, just starting to write a story, one of the more fascinating people you meet. Cyril Legetti jumps on the podcast just after this. Cyril, my man, thank you for jumping on board. How are you today? Oh, Wayne, how about yourself? I'm doing very well, doing very well. What's the weather uh, like out in your neck of the woods? I'll just make everybody a little bit jealous here. <laughs> uh, it's, I guess I've turned myself American now. It's in the uh, mid-70s, and I think that transfers over to about, you know, low 20 to 25. So it's it's gorgeous. The palm trees are, uh, you know, swinging in the wind and, and, and enjoying it. Uh, I think the best way to put it is the mid seventies translate equals perfect. So in terms of, <laughs> so I'm sure everybody's, yeah. uh, you know, uh, yeah, everybody's listening. That's we're uh, slowly transitioning into weather into winter here. So for those that don't know, and I mentioned that at the very beginning, uh, Cyril is in sunny Southern California right now. And uh, Cyril, I'm going to kind of uh, most of the interviews um, or the podcast, we kind of talk to some of the people. Um, some of our guests or that, that have been on, we kind of talk to them about their past. We kind of go back to their football roots, this type of thing. What I want to do today is kind of a, a little reverse engineering. So I brought up the whole California thing. Um, why don't you tell us right off the bat, what are you doing? What brought you to California? What are you, what, what are you doing down in, um, in Southern California right now? Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe to answer that question, I have to take a step back. Uh, I, I moved here about two and a half years ago. Uh, working for a company in the biotech sector uh, called Thermo Fisher Scientific. Um, and I started working with them uh, after I left Ottawa, moved to Toronto. Uh, I was working with them out in Burlington. And, and they're a global company, so there's just a lot of opportunities to uh, move around and, and move up. And uh, luckily enough, a position came open in uh, Los Angeles. And uh, when I applied for it, you know, kind of got it. Uh, when they asked me if I wanted to move here, I had to kind of hide my glee and joy that saying, oh, yeah, you know what, like it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a tough decision to make. But, uh, but in honesty, I've, I've enjoyed my time here in SoCal. And uh, uh, anybody who gets a chance to do it, I, I tell them to, to come and visit and explore this place. It's, it's wonderful. Oh, it's beautiful down there. It's absolutely gorgeous. And I mean, uh, you're probably like me. I'm a very proud Canadian, but uh, oh yeah, not not any point that I said that I can't do without the winter. So good on you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, now, I, I feel I feel bad for friends back home. Actually, sometimes I, I try not to bring up you know the weather at all, especially around these months. So I, I, yeah. Ah, and it's you know the worst bit about it. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. It's only <laughs> going to get worse before it gets better. So, but you know what? Uh, enjoy it, man. You deserve it. 
Um, now, my question for you is this: uh, what, what it, it, without getting too too granular, uh, what capacity are you with your uh, at your current job? Like, what do what do you do? And then I'm going to ask you kind of how you got there because I think it's kind of fascinating. Yeah. So, it, in my current position, I, I'm a product specialist, um, and and so I call on um, the life sciences sector, so other biotechs, other uh, research hospitals, uh, big pharma. Um, and really to put it into a nutshell, our company provides tools and services for customers who want to do research in the life sciences. For example, you want to do research into cancer, uh, diabetes, um, uh, any, any type of disease work. What we'll do is we will give you all the tools you need to be able to do your research, bring your drug or therapy to market. Uh, and then we have different divisions that will actually help you manufacture it. Uh, and in this present time, it's actually really pretty present because we are one of the largest manufacturers of the COVID test kits, diagnostic kits across the world, not just in the United States. Um, the FDA has, you know, are, is using our protocols and such. But in my role, to kind of be specific, I cover a niche market in stem cell neurobiology uh, and anybody who's in sort of a drug discovery and cell gene therapy. So um, it kind of leads credence to what I did in, in university. I, I um, uh, I was a biochemistry major in undergrad and then also in grad school. And, and it, it just made sense to jump into this field when uh, moving forward. No, awesome. And and so far, I mean, you're, I don't want to say your infancy, but you're still, they'll call it in the youth of your, uh, <laughs> of your uh, professional career right now. Yes. Um, and, and well, enjoy it while you're there, buddy. Enjoy it. Trust me. The blink of an eye, you go from being in your youth to being a little bit more seasoned and then that veteran guy. And then you're like, wait a minute, when did I become the guy that's been doing this for 15, 20 years? So, well, well Wayne, uh, I'll, uh, it's actually kind of pretty, uh, you mentioned that today is actually my birthday and my friends are all kind of texting and wishing me happy birthday. And I'm like, you don't know how much my joints hurt right now. And <laughs> I feel so old. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm telling you, buddy. Well, first things first, happy birthday to you, man. Thank you. Thank you. And and, and, uh, and again, I'm going to sound like that really miserable guy here, but it's only going to get to the joints will only get sore. Oh, man. <laughs> but, but I will say this. It, it's a fun ride. It, it, it is a heck of a fun ride. So yeah. if, you're, if you're lucky enough to be around, I always tell people, you know, if you're lucky enough, which I truly consider myself, to be around long enough to get the sore joints and stuff, then you, you, you know, it's counted as a blessing. So once again, man, happy birthday to you. Didn't even know it. So I appreciate you taking the time on, uh, <laughs> on your birthday, bud. Not a problem at all. Uh, it's it a good initiative. So I was excited to be part of it. Cool, cool. Well, I'm going to take a step back really quickly um, to see something you're talking about, because I mean, it is the climate of the world today. And I mean, um, if, if you can describe a little more of your with your company's involvement with the testing kits, you were saying it was like one of the top producers in the world for the COVID-19 testing kits. Yeah, so our company is is multifaceted that um, we, I guess we have different divisions, we have a pharma division, we have a diagnostic divisions, we have a a life sciences division, and um, we've been involved in t making genetic test kits to detect all kinds of different pathogens, um, all the way from the days of SARS, H1N1, even the Ebola, and then when Zika hit, we always had diagnostic kits uh, available. So when this sort of, um, when COVID-19 came to the forefront, uh, we already had, um, you know, uh, gene expression kits to be able to look at the uh, to detect the pathogen, to detect the virus. And we were one of the few companies that got an emergency use authorization from the FDA. And then we got it from EMEA in the European Council. 
and now really across the world. Um, so you'll see that the CDC um, in their guidelines to research hospitals for doing uh, testing, they use our uh, our kits to be able to detect the virus. Health Canada, uh, same same way as well. Um, and and we've at this point in time, I may be getting the numbers wrong, but we've scaled up to over twenty million dollars, uh, twenty million kits per wow. day that we're we're producing. Um, okay. and, and per day, and and uh, so we've uh, this this company is quite tremendous in terms of like its mission of what it's doing, uh, and and we've always been there to serve folks and, and make life e easier for the discovery of new uh, new vaccines, new drugs, new new whatever. Um, so it's kind of proud to be a part of the, the company. No, cool. And you know that was an awesome segue into kind of my next question, which we're going to talk about too, a, a little bit about the career. Is first, I'll say the, when you put it in perspective like that, zero, like twenty million a day, it really puts yeah. kind of everything that's happening in perspective. Like you just, um, yeah, like it's uh, it, it's mind boggling. But anyways, my yeah. my next question is is kind of you kind of segued nicely into it, and it's it's kind of related into. Um, Kind of, how are you enjoying what you're doing and the fulfillment of it? You kind of led into it already. Like, I mean, obviously, there's a certain degree of gratification at, at, at a huge level with that. But what are some of the other things you're finding that you, you might not have expected to be like uh, collateral benefits or collateral, uh, you know, just uh, feelings of satisfaction, if you will, from your your, your current job? Uh, yeah, so I think I've always been a person who's very much interested in traveling uh, and seeing new places. Uh, Ever since I was a, as a kid, uh, the the ability to jump on a plane and go somewhere new, even if it was traveling from Ottawa to Montreal, or Ottawa to Toronto, it always got me excited. And, and it kind of led back to football when we had trips on jumping on a bus or whatever. To go somewhere new was always exciting. And then in this current job, um, I travel a fair amount. Um, I make my way up to the different states around me, around the mountain states, so whether it's Utah, Colorado, or the Bay Area and in California. And, and I think it's kind of really um, tweet one the the nerdish side of me where i like to just talk science i like to be <laughs> uh in front of some incredibly smart people but i'm always getting to travel to some new place getting a new perspective uh and i think that's been some of the additional benefits of this job where you meet people who intrinsically care about human nature like i, I know there's always a lot of negatives in the world but there's people who care about making the world so much better for, for us and 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 people are so smart uh and and so uh there's just been the benefit of like networking and talking to folks who have have more years and more uh, you know are longer in the tooth than i am but they, they've uh just opened my eyes up to like what you can do as, as a person where you can go uh and not just sort of a one track oh you go to school for this and you need to show up and do this kind of job uh and, and that's been i think the additional benefit of working for a company like this uh, and, and I love that you said that, man. I've got a smile on my face right now because I hopefully uh, any kids that are listening really kind of pay attention to that because I find, and I mean, I'm stating the obvious. We all say it, but I mean, yeah. it's almost like we're, it's almost like we're, we're, we're not blind to it, but we're, you know, we become conditioned to it to where what's, what's sensational to highlight is, is negative stuff. And so you have to always yeah. talk about, and I mean, I won't even get into my feelings about social media right now in terms of the minefield of toxicity, but that's just another conversation for another subject. But you know what I mean? But it's just, yeah. so it's nice. And you lose sight of it. And and I mean, deep down inside, and I've said this to everybody, I mean, you know, there's people and a lot of good people out there and a lot of people that have, you know, that, that, that think about 
human beings as a group and identify humans just as humans and really want to make things uh, better for us. But we don't hear about it because it's not exciting news. And so, I mean, that's really that's a really kind of cool story. And when you talk about kind of some of the behind the scenes people and the ones that aren't looking for, uh, you know what I mean? Uh, the public fame, yeah. fame, exactly. And I mean, it, it's funny because I always say and, I, and again, this is another conversation. I'm not begrudging the way society is right now. I don't have an issue. I'm part of it. But it makes you wonder if we'll ever kind of get those priorities realigned as a society where these kind of people that are actually making the world a much, much better place, you know, are, are kind of start to become as revered as people that, you know, um, and again, I'm not knocking them, but that we artificially put up as uh, as status symbols as singers or, 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 you know, rap artists or movie stars or whatever. Um, when you have people you've never heard about that are actually making these incredible changes on the planet. So time will tell. Wait, we're, we're starting to sound like an old bunch of old folks just being grumpy and talking. Oh, I know. And, and I, feel, <laughs> I feel bad because I'm bringing you down with me because you're still running. No, no. I, I always joke. I always say I'm already old. So I, you just got to resist me pulling you down to the, uh, the rocking, <laughs> the rocking chair on the, uh, on the porch with me talking about all the, uh, you know, the, the world gone by, but yeah, no, but it's true. I mean, in a lot of ways, I, I hear what you say that it makes you smile, but, uh, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really interesting stuff. And I mean, it, it, it's genuinely, it's just kind of one of those feel good things that uh, that's always nice to hear. Now I'm going to ask you again, cause I don't want to butcher it. Your, your major. And after you majored at Ottawa, you, you did your, um, your master's, what was your major again? Yeah. So, uh, I did, um, my undergrad was in biochemistry and then my master's was also in biochemistry, but it had a bit more uh, focus on human metabolism and okay. uh, human like bioenergetics. Okay. And what led to uh, biochemistry undergrad and then everything that followed that, was that always a passion of yours when you were growing up? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, not, not really. I, I don't think I considered myself a, a really a great student uh, all through junior high and high school. I, I thought I was an average student and, and at that. Uh, grade 11 kind of rolled around and I realized, you know, like in, next year I'm maybe graduating and uh, I, I need to get my, my act together. Like there isn't anything after that, right? Like I, I love playing sports. I've played sports all my life and in, in, in a bunch of different things. Um, but I was, I, I just, it got to the point where I'm like, I, I need to get my, my grades up. I need to do something. And so grade 12 rolls around everybody's applying for degrees or, or, or whatever it is. I, I always like science, but I, I, I chose the hardest thing I can do because I'm like, you know what? Let's challenge myself. Like you've heard too many times where people say you can or cannot do this. Uh, and I, I looked at biochemistry thinking, okay, it's science, it's biology, it's a bit of chemistry. And it's also one of the hardest programs you can get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I figured, you know what, let's do it. Uh, applied for it, got you know accepted everywhere I applied to. And first year in, instant regret what were you doing what were you thinking (laughs) (laughs) what were you thinking trying to get into this uh but i i I honestly when i say this i'm a nerd at heart i i I definitely enjoy the talking about how the human body works um and there was always a goal and thought that i wanted to get into sort of medicine or in the healthcare field um whether it's public policy or even even sort of like a physician of some sort so just finishing undergrad I like research. Uh, I did a, a fourth year research project that went really well with my uh, my supervisor, and I decided to roll over and and, and uh, do my my masters with that same supervisor. And she's tremendous. That's uh, Dr. Marilyn Harper. Um, and 
it, it was just it was good it, it was as close as I could get to being um doing something physiology wise because her focus was a bit more on for example like muscle fibers and, and why some have slow a fast switch how does that affect uh, different disease pathways and you know how do people lose weight a little faster than others there's so much mechanisms behind that that it fit being an athlete and I wanted to kind of have some sort of relevance so um after doing the master's I mean there was always a thought of doing a PhD but at that point in time I just wasn't sure what that would look like from a career standpoint so I decided to just jump into the workforce a bit and uh and here I am about six seven years later <laughs> doing something different it sounds like you made a pretty good decision it sounds like you enjoy what you're doing again you're yeah having been to Southern California several times uh you know there's a lot worse places on planet earth you could find yourself yeah <laughs> and like you said at the end of the day if you're able to wake up in the morning and you're and you truly find yourself uh, in love with what you're doing or intrigued with what you're doing or looking forward to your day um i think that's you know that's 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 when you're blessed and i and i always tell younger yeah. guys um when they're thinking about what they want to do and i mean I always think, you know, you want to get yourself in that position. That's what the education is about when you're younger, because you want to open those doors and have that. So you have the flexibility or kind of have the options so that they too can, uh, you know, do something that they thoroughly enjoy. And you get up in the morning and, you you know, I, I'm, I'm the first one to say, I know the difference between uh, say jobs I had in school or when I was in high school or university or just finished up university where you'd wake up and you'd be like, oh, you know, you're just trudging <laughs> in. And then again, there's uh, don't get me wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, <laughs> I tell people, I go, yeah, at the end of the day, if I, if I can become a professional guy to go hang out on the beaches of the South Mediterranean, then yeah, this is ideal. But on the other hand, um, you know, it's not going to be quite like that. But on the other hand, if you can wake up in the morning and you're excited about the day, that's the goal, you know, at the end yeah. of the day, that's the goal. So very cool stuff. Now, in terms of football and school, now I'm going to ask you kind of two questions with that. The first one kind of popped in my head when you were doing, cause you were talking about some of the, the study of human anatomy, talking about muscle fire. Did you ever try in your most, more your undergrad in your playing days? Did you ever kind of look into what you were studying and kind of, I don't want to say branch off, and, and let me know if I'm not phrasing this the right way or if, you, if I'm not making sense of my question, but kind of say, okay, I'm doing my studies, but I've become so engrossed in this, I kind of branched off, and I'm, I'm kind of seeing how this affects my own uh, athletic play. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, you, I think you do, just by that pause. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, I think the more you start studying, you know, human metabolism, the more you kind of, as an athlete, start thinking about what you put in your body and uh and really how you train when you train and we had some really amazing coaches at the university of ottawa um and and like we, we went through several strength coaches but i remember dan laramie being one one that was prominent in my first couple of years uh and as an athlete it, it was it's huge some of the like the changes you can make and just basically uh watching what you eat uh, the calories that you put in, when you eat, how many times you eat, and, and then maybe the supplements that you, you, you take uh, associated with it. So it was, it was fascinating. I came in as a freshman or a first-year guy, you know, at 180 pounds. By the summer going to training camp of my second year, I was at 200 pounds. So I'd literally put on <laughs> a good 20 pounds of muscle uh, in, in my role just because you were in the strength training program, you were eating a little better, as better as best as you can eat as a as a you know university student. We're still going to uh, fathers and sons, and oh, yeah. still going to different places. <laughs> um, but 
They'll yeah, consider it goes- KD and two as a, <laughs> KD and two as a carb and a protein source. I hear you. Absolutely, ramen noodles is still the thing right there. So, um, but it was always just fascinating to kind of um, understand a bit more about the nutritional side of things, and and then kind of link it to what you, you're studying at school, and 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 uh, and trying to figure out what best way to, to be the best athlete in the field was. Um, no, very interesting stuff. Now, I'm going to kind of uh, the second question I had in terms of uh, the, the the school and football side of things is I, in my experience, both as a coach at the university level and as a player at the university level and doing a lot of collateral stuff at the university level, I, I, I would argue, and I think I'm even being generous when I give this estimate, that probably about 10% of, of, of your teammates, so on a roster of maybe 100 <laughs> players, maybe 10% have even remotely similar uh, a, a class load or are taking majors that are quite so challenging. Um, you had mentioned now at the very beginning, so I got, it's kind of a two-part question. You mentioned when you were just talking about that, when you first got to Ottawa, you were like, what in the heck did I just do to myself? <laughs> yeah. um, so my question is this, is twofold, is were there other times, like after the first overwhelming, you know, and it's like, and, and quite frankly, you could be taking, you know, whatever course, if you're a first-year football player, that transition from high school to uh to, to university can be huge. And so I can only imagine with your major, how overwhelming, but once you get settled in, was there any other point where you were kind of like, not questioning if it was worth it because you saw the future, but where it was really getting, you know, or it was overwhelming or you were again questioning it. And then the second part of the question is how did you, how did you, and that's why I brought up kind of the 10%. I don't even think it was, I, I would argue it's probably about 5% of guys have the class load you do. How did you juggle that? And that's more where I'm getting at with, did you ever look at that and say, man, um, you know, what I'm doing in school is kind of forever. The football side of things, uh, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's not worth it. Did you ever, did you ever have that happen or ever have those sentiments at any time in your, in your, Oh yeah. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, if you, if you're human at any point in time, you question your, uh, your reality, you question like your, what are you doing and is it all worth it um and i think the biggest challenge for anybody even even whether you play sports or not jumping from high school to university is such a big transition you just have to learn how to to live study uh and just be in a different environment than you've always been right uh and to on top of that not put in you know full-time athletics uh and so to kind of me maybe put it um I was doing about 24 hours uh, or 25 hours of school, right? That's just classes, so classes, labs. And then you had at a minimum another 20 plus hours of just football, right? And this is mm-hmm. just practice. And now you have to factor in the traveling uh, and, and into the games. And most first year players won't dress. Uh, I was lucky enough. I came in as a quarterback and I was dressing my, my first four games. So that means I have to always be on the road every Friday. Um, or every second Friday, you, you have to go in away game. So you'll miss classes. You have to make that up. You have to stay on the bus. Uh, it it definitely got taxed. And then after you, you kind of move past the first year, you realize you can do it. Like once you survive first year and second year, even when the workload was, was tough, like you realize you can you can do it because you've done it before. You have data points that shows that, yeah, I can be successful. Um, and and it's just it's about who you surround yourself with. Like my group of friends and and in my courses in my program um just were, were awesome like they pushed you these guys would they, they would make sure if i was in the class for whatever i was traveling i had the notes i had the recordings uh my t- my my teammates my coaches were were really flexible so i would 
at times and, and, and throughout my year, I would miss that Friday travel um, away games. I would miss the, the bus ride that everybody took and I would travel with the coaches at night because I didn't want to miss class. I didn't want to have to make that up. And they were pretty flexible about that, right? And, oh, and so, uh, yeah, there was, uh, for sure, on the football team, there was maybe less than 10% who were, who were doing similar, uh, you know, a similar program, but you never kind of, you didn't want that to get in the way. You didn't want to, to make an excuse for anything. And I, I was lucky enough that uh, I played, you know, uh, all my years. Uh, I started for the majority of my time, actually, after my second year, didn't, did not start. And, and you just find a way, like people, you have to surround yourself with big, good people who are willing to accept that you want to do both. You want to be good at school. You also want to be good at football. And, and as long as you show that you're willing to work, they'll make that opportunity for you. Um, and I guess to answer your second part of the question, yeah, there were times where you thought, eh, it is worth it. Like, do I, but I love football. I, I love just competing. I love my, my guys. And, and I wasn't going to quit for no reason. And, and, and school as well, too. Like, I, I knew the bigger picture. I was never going to be a football player forever. So you needed to just, uh, like, just, just do it. I had expectations of what I wanted to do after and, and you just had to figure a way. And that's, that's been a huge building block because even now in my job, things get pretty hectic. You know, you work 12, 13, 14 hour days uh, when it's pretty busy and you just do it because you know, you've done it before you've, you've survived. <laughs> so you, you, fi- you figure a way to, to get the, the work done. No, it's, and that's an awesome. I appreciate you kind of diving into that because it's one of the things um I've heard coaches say it, and I kind of stole it from other coaches um, when, when I've been fortunate enough to be around young, young players. And it's always a piece of advice I give. I mean, and, and we say it, we say it, and everybody says it, but we truly, are we playing lip service or are we doing it? And that's the, the whole not making excuses thing. And yeah. I always tell them, like the, the young ones, you know, if you're truly passionate about the game of football, this is great. This is great to have a passion. I said school is the most singular important thing you're doing right now. It's number one. I said, however – it should never be an excuse. And if you're making an excuse, then it's just telling me that you're not as passionate as you think you are. And I mean, just your story alone is a perfect example of somebody who truly had a passion for both. One's not ever going to be an excuse for the other. And I mean, it, it can lead to some pretty phenomenal things. So it's kind of a neat, neat story there. Um, now, in terms of your Ottawa U days, let's talk a little Ottawa U. <laughs> uh, you know, interesting crew. You guys had a lot of success when you played. Um, mutual coach, uh, you know, uh, to the to to many out there known as Coach Denis Pichet. Yes, Coach P. <laughs> I was about to say to a select few known as Capital P, um, you know. But uh, but yeah, talk about your uh, your playing experience at uh, at Ottawa U. Like, do you have any fond memories that kind of jump out at you? Um, I'm talking, well, you know, on field or uh, or or even off the field memories that kind of jump out. Apologize to everybody there for a little brief uh, breakup. As uh, sometimes modern technology, even at its most modernist and even at its most best, sometimes breaks up. Firo, <laughs> you back there? I am back. Yeah, no worries. We have it all the time right now with our WebEx and Zoom calls. It's yeah, something goes wrong all the time. Oh, I'm telling you, it's funny because and the funny thing is, if we if we looked at the capabilities we have now, like even to say 15 years ago, even. And kind of realize what what our complaints about our technology now. Yeah. I think we'd be like, you know, we we could actually do that. And not only can we do that, we get kind of annoyed when we can't. So, but anyways, we're back. We're good. So what I was telling you, we just kind of finished off um, 
and we, we were kind of drifting into uh, talking about your university experience. And, and I don't know if uh, I think we kind of left it off where we both kind of had the opportunity to play for uh, Coach Denis Pichet, also known as Capital P, among some of his, his players. And again, one of uh, uh, nothing but very good things to say about Coach P. We're going to have him on here uh, very shortly, as I think this is a guy that... Uh, you know, I, I, the more and more I talked to football guys uh, that played at Ottawa U and kind of came up through uh, PC's program, um, yeah, they're very grateful for what uh, Coach P did with Ottawa U. So, again, there's a perfect segue into my, my next conversation with uh, Denis. But in terms of uh, yourself, Cyril, um, talk about uh, a little bit uh, about the transition of going from, from high school player to university player. Now, before I do that, like we kind of were going to – reverse engineering let's talk about your youth football sorry so i'll backtrack there where did you play your youth ball yeah uh so i grew up in the north Gloucester area so i played uh my aunt kaffa at north Gloucester giants shout out to the giants uh ken steel park i know they don't play there anymore but um those are some fond memories uh and, and i started off in mosquito um because i just moved from from Ghana, actually, uh, to Africa, uh, from Africa to, to Canada. And then after my first, I guess, full year in, in, in Ottawa, um, uh, I went out uh, by, by a stroke of luck, really. A friend, uh, his name is Joshua Ladmore, and he wanted me to, he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going out to football practice. And, and again, having been an African kid emigrating to Canada, when you say football around the world, like, this is not, it's not, pads and it's football is you know soccer to most people around the world right so this is my yeah. first thought and uh <laughs> i i get out there on the, on the field and i see people with helmets and pads and, and i'm like what is this like this makes no sense to me but uh it, it was just fun like, <laughs> I, I fell in love with it the moment i saw that the, the hitting i was like okay this is me uh, so i started with north Gloucester giants played mosquito played all the way through bantam actually um and then played a year of the Colts, which was the uh, the next level up. Uh, and but all through that too, I was also playing for the Cumberland Panthers in the uh, junior varsity OVFL league. Uh, okay, cool. Throughout the summer, yeah. In the OVFL. Now, quick question: I'm going to backtrack to a little bit about your background. How old were you when you uh, when you immigrated from Ghana? I was uh, ten uh, when I uh, first you know showed up to to Canada. Um, okay, so. And that's kind of interesting because, I mean, I, I talked to a lot of guys. Like, I don't know uh, if your past would have crossed. I think you might be a little bit older, but you'd be close in age. Ron O'Mara. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but because Ron is also a Giants alum, and he talks about his fond memories of Ken Steel Park, where I still think they – I don't even think they practice there anymore, but I know they were a few years ago. Yeah. But uh, the cool thing when I was talking with you versus, say, like, um, when I was talking with Ron or, say, some of the other uh, – some of the other guys that we've had on here that actually immigrated in the country, they did that at such a young age. They don't, they don't remember a lot. It's, they go a lot based on your, on their parents, uh, you know, stories or, or, or reminding them or, or stuff like that more so than their memories. But at 10 years old, um, I'm sure like, again, we don't remember, you know, what we did day to day when we're 10, but we still retain some of those memories. So um, as best as you can, what were some of your, are some of your memories of, of coming to, uh, to Ottawa from Ghana, what was that transition like? Uh, it was well. It, it was interesting. Uh, I, I have a bit of a, a, a diverse background in the sense that I've lived in uh, I lived in Yugoslavia for about four years growing up as well too. Um, so it was it was my first time wow. overseas. Uh, 
or the former Yugoslavia. So going, going yeah, to Canada was 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 different in, in, in a sense that again it is it's the brand new uh, environment that I've never been a part of. But it wasn't such a huge cultural shock because I've, I've I had lived abroad. Um, but it took some time getting adjust, adjusting. Right? Like I mean, I had a a, a different accent, I dressed differently. Uh, <laughs> my parents are doing their best to make sure that I fit in the school right? and, and like you know sometimes you come home with your home cooked meals and stuff and kids at lunch one you're like what is that and like <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it took you a while to, to get into it but luckily enough like I um, sports was my thing I was a good athlete and it looks like we broke up there Cyril once again so I will uh, we'll try to kind of reset this and go from there well, let's see if the third time's a charm here, Cyril. Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry. I, I, I hope it's not on my side. I, no, I, I, okay. I, I'm, I'm certain it isn't. Like I said, it's just sometimes it's temperamental. We'll go, you know, 25 minutes with not an issue and then uh, slight hiccup. So anyways, I'll, I'll cut yeah. to it. Uh, hopefully we'll, uh, you know, we won't have any more issues, but I can't promise anything. But <laughs> And like I said, you know what, Cyril, if that's the worst thing that happens to the both of us all week, I think we're still in pretty good shape. So, yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> but, yeah, you were kind of saying that uh, right where we kind of got cut off. So I'll kind of backtrack just a touch to make sure we got that. But you were just talking about um, the, the how sports played a crucial role in your uh, in your own personal integration, I guess, with, within the, the community. Can you expand upon that a little? Yeah, it just uh, it just helped me make friends, like, and some of my uh, childhood memories, the best memories, are just making friends with with people through football. Uh, and and to this day, you know, you still uh, stay in contact over social media. Whenever I go back to home in Ottawa, if everybody's around, you'll go see them. Like Devon Sperman is like one of my uh, closest friends and oldest friends when I first moved to Canada, and we we met through football, right? Um, there's 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 a, folks that you know who are prominent in, in the auto community like William uh, Bill Elliott um, there's so many people that you just kind of connect with and, and sports is that bridge it's that gap where at the point in time race gender it doesn't really matter like you, you're just there because you all love to play a game and you're there to have fun right and uh, there's been some really good coaches like uh, Chris Sanamore uh, that's in, that's saw you as, as a young kid and, and kind of invested time into you and, and made sure that while you're playing for the Giants, you know, like you're, um, you have the ability to learn and you have the ability to grow. Uh, and, and it's, and, and the North Gloucester Giants, I think that the population of kids who play for North Gloucester Giants is, I would say middle-class to a bit more on the poorer side. Right. And, and so for us, it was always an escape. Like you can just show up, you have your mm-hmm. buddies there and you can play and, and but you appreciated that, right? Whether you're losing 0 and 8 seasons or you're winning some games or you're showing up in the wrong jerseys and not having enough people to field a game, you don't like that that didn't matter. At the end of the game day it was just playing. And that was that was awesome. No, it's very cool. And that's it. Like you said, you don't remember all that stuff. You just remember the playing, your friends. Um, question for you. I ask everybody this, and, and I think your answer is going to be kind of interesting, a little more interesting, because he, he, unlike everybody else, we kind of all knew we were going to football. I always ask people, you know, your first experience at practice or your first game experience in football. But your case, I, I want to kind of know about your first practice once you got going, because you went there thinking you were playing, you know, traditional football yeah. as opposed to what the world calls American football. So what uh, – what, what, 
I, I'm assuming you had an open mind. You obviously stayed. But what was your thought the first time contact? I mean, obviously you didn't mind it, but what was kind of, again, going there thinking I'm playing soccer, I leave two hours later in love with this new game. Kind of describe how that happened. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I didn't know what I was doing. So I think they stuck me in the O-line and they stuck me in the D-line. And they're like, okay, we're going to put you where you just can't screw up. And then, and like, um, uh, like you know, the O-line and D-line, now that I've played for a long time, you know how I, pre- like, I appreciate this and how great yeah, those positions are. But they put me in a position where they're like, you know what, you're going to be a D-tackle. And, and I'm uh, I'm a <laughs> maybe 110 pounds or even less. And like, just stay there. You can't mess up the rest of the, the play we'll, uh, <laughs> until you learn the game a bit. And uh, um, my first practice, I, I, I can't say I even remember what that was, but I do remember there's a distinct uh, game where we had played, I got hit pretty hard. I was ready to quit. I was like, ah, I'm done with this. Like, And my mom, if anybody knows, if you've been around any kind of African parents, you start something, you finishing it. She literally marched <laughs> me right back in that field. I was like, no, you're in quitting. <laughs> there's no... <laughs> That's not happening, right? And and I'm I'm kind of really glad that she did and just like just made me stick with it. And and yeah, uh eventually you move from playing some different positions and like coach is like, all right, he can he can run. Let's put him a running back, you know, and and then next thing you know, I was like, all right, he can actually throw. Let's put him a quarterback and, and then it just kind of blossomed from there. Oh, cool. And so you kind of grad you kind of moved through the ranks. I mean, making friends, getting a little better. When was it in your uh in your Giants kind of playing days, I mean, every kid kind of has that moment when they, they want to be a pro football player, pro hockey, pro soccer, pro baseball, whatever the sport they're playing or whatever their endeavor is. But And there's also that moment when you kind of, well, wait a minute, you know what? I think it's realistic that I could play university. When was that, when was that kind of moment of uh, awakening for you saying, hey, I, I can do this at the next level? Uh, I don't know if I, I guess I have a, an exact moment, but maybe there's a, there's a few time so I, I think it was in peewee and there was a um uh there was a camp that was put on by the pilon brothers uh and they mm-hmm. used to play i think bc and 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 one uh in the cfl as well and, and they put it on and it was the first time where you're not just with your own team you're you're now with people around the city and 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 right. so and it's in a camp format and you get to do that and i think i did fairly well just based on athletic ability i, I don't think i understood the game uh, at all at that point in time but just an athletic ability and you're like you know what I, I think I have uh, what it takes to be able to play at the next level uh, I, and I was you know tall enough I was fast enough I was big enough but I didn't quite know where I fit in with everybody else and, and I remember that camp I, I did fairly well and people were inviting people were like you know you need to go to the camp like show up because you, you do well you get coaching here uh, and when people started saying that and, and saying you need to get more coaching or or, you know, you actually have a future, then it started sinking in that I could play uh, at the next level. Uh, and, and for me, once, you know, that takes root in your head as a kid, you're like, yes, that's what I'm going to be, professional football player. <laughs> and, and that's like the, 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 what I always thought about. That was like the single focus for the longest time. Yeah, no, which was a lot, which is pretty cool. No, interesting stuff. So now let's get you to, uh, you're at Ottawa U, or sorry, first up, what made you choose the University of Ottawa? And was that a slam dunk decision? Was <laughs> well, I- I'll say this, uh, Coach Laramie and Coach uh, Pichet, I love them both. Uh, they've done you know, nothing, like, as the man that I am today and going through the program, they've, you know, it's some of the lessons you learn and how you are is due to them and, and a lot of other coaches as well too, like JP Aslan. 
Um, but I will say they they didn't do the best recruiting job. There's definitely not a great recruiting job from them. They're, I remember myself and one of my best friends, Steve Hughes, uh, who's another in CAFA sort of local kid and like he went into the same yeah. recruiting uh, platform and, you know, we they took around, show us the campus and their pitch was, why would you go anywhere else? You want to play for the University of Ottawa? And we both looked at each other like, that's not a good pitch, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> we're going to do something better than that. But I think for me, it was, um, I, I was looking at different schools. Uh, I was at Cochin and at Queens. I really had a pretty good relationship with him. Uh, and if I'm being frank, uh, I, I think I, they were in the lead. But the ability to be closer to home, uh, ability to play uh, in Ottawa and, and be closer to family. Uh, and, and the University of Ottawa really had a pretty good team at that point in time. Uh, it, it, it made sense. It made sense. And, and a lot of my friends, too, from NCAFA were graduating or from OVFL were graduating and going to the University of Ottawa. So it, it, it just it stuck. And, and I don't regret it one bit. Like all my best friends that I've made, even the lifelong friends, came from folks that I met at the University of Ottawa. I tell I, every kid I coach, I'm telling you, since I love that you bring that up, Cyril, because I tell them, I'm like, you know, you have friends from high school. You're going to have your childhood friends. You keep them. But the core, the core group of my friends and most people I know um, that had similar experiences to myself, it's that university group of teammates. Oh, yeah. it's just, <laughs> and the beauty is it's one of those things. Sometimes life's not fair. And then other times life is, is ridiculously fair. And this is one of those times when it's ridiculously, you know, it's the opposite of not fair where it's, it's just really where uh, you don't even know what you're doing because you're busy playing a game you love, having fun as a young guy, you know, 18 to 22, you're having the time of your life, but you don't even realize the, the lifelong relationships that you're building or setting the foundation for um, at that time. And I mean, I look back and, and, and my most, a, obviously rewarding, my strongest, you go across any, use any adjective to describe it, uh, uh, any of my relationships in terms of my friends. And for the most part, they, you know, 80, per, 80 to 90% stem back to that core group of uh, teammates from university. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're, you're 100% right. I, I, these are my guys, man. Like we, we still talk to this day. We'll, we'll like, we'll, we'll FaceTime when I go home. It's, it's like nothing ever left. Even if you don't, you don't have a chance to talk to everybody just because life gets in the way. Um, the experiences that we we've gone through and the, the stupidities and the stuff that we, you shared is, is, is amazing. No, it's, I, I use this. You're putting a smile on my face. Uh, draft day. I was, uh, I wasn't in the country for uh, most of the, the spring and all then the winter spring, that part of the pandemic or whatever. So the NFL draft day, one of my buddies, and I'm like, this is a brilliant idea. He had set up and, and I even joke, I go, you know, if there was no, um, if, it, if there was no pandemic, we wouldn't have done this. So, I mean, it's, you know, would I rather there not be a hundred percent, but on the other hand, if you're going to look at the silver lining, I guess, of a, of a really dark cloud, um, we held a zoom meeting for the NFL draft. And so we had about eight or eight or nine of us on there, all ex teammates that, uh, that kind of we probably all hadn't been together in that type of platform in you know several years. And then on top of it, what I find you know, is that it also kind of you get the opportunity to cross uh, to cross generations, yeah. I guess. And what I mean by that, I have a lot of pretty good friends, and I don't know if you find it's it's evolving a little your way. I have some pretty good friends that are Ottawa U alumni that would have played with teammates of mine, but would have played maybe they're a little bit younger and they played with some of my younger teammates when I was already gone, 
or they were guys that played with some of my veteran teammates. But I have a couple of really, really good friends that I, we kind of joke with, like we were never actually teammates, but you know, uh, he played two years before I did. So our friends are the same. We started hanging out through uh, Ottawa U functions. And yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a really cool bond. Like I said, one that, uh, that you don't appreciate at the time, but you spend the rest of your life appreciating. So very cool that you kind of bring that up. Um, last but not least, I just kind of want to, uh, you know, when you look at the lessons of, of, of football, we talked about the lessons of football, the discipline of school, um, this type of thing. Did you have any, uh, any kind of suggestions for any young guys out there? Not sure what they wanted to do uh, scholastic wise or, or, you know, looking at uh, following in your footsteps, but thinking that it might be a little overwhelming or, you know, even if it's not in the, uh, in, in the sciences field, even say a, a young guy that's take, thinking of taking a heavy engineering load, but, uh, but decides not to because it's, it's such a, an, an over or a daunting task. Do you have any words of suggestion for them? Yeah, um, I would say you won't be alone. In, in all honesty, there's a lot of mechanisms uh, at every university, whether you're playing in, you know, the U sport now, or, or the former CIS, or you're playing in NCAA, there's a lot of mechanisms to help you uh, succeed, right? There's a lot of study halls. You're not going to be the only teammate who is uh, in a, a, a program that you, you can consider a heavy load, right? And, and at that, you're not going to be the only athlete on campus that might be in an engineering or, or whatever it is, whatever program you choose to. You, you're going to find bonds outside of just your team. You're going to see that the, the athlete village, the athlete crew is pretty tight-knit, and you'll see other athletes in, in different programs. So don't limit yourself by thinking it's going to be too much. Like there's going to be enough support. Um, there's going to be others who are going through it. It's been done. We've, we've all survived. Nothing happened to us. So uh, if you're going to aim high... <laughs> Just aim high. Um, know why you're doing it. If, if right, uh, for me, family is huge, and I want to make sure that I can take care of my family. Uh, you know, my parents and, and and my siblings and stuff. So, I was always of the mindset that I needed to do well in life, and whether that was through sports or there's through something else, that I need to work my butt off uh, and and just put myself in positions. So, don't let me yourself. People may tell you you can't do it. Don't, don't, don't listen to that, that there's enough support out there for you. Um, and, and it's, it's been, it, it's funny enough, like that translated over into the workforce. If you want something, advocate for it, talk about it, you know, say, this is, this is my plan or this is my goals and then go for it. Because uh, once you put that out there, people, there are good people out there who will, 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 you know, move things around to make sure that you are successful, that they will be invested in you. And, when you're being an athlete, that'll happen as well. So don't don't ever kind of uh, think that it's it's not possible to do. You know, be realistic in your approach. Honestly, be be realistic in what you can and cannot do. But um, the biggest portion of it is not starting something. So mm-hmm. no, I, you know what? Those are great words, man. I appreciate that. And the one thing I love is is there's yeah, just be realistic. Like, you know, work your butt off. You could you're only going to accomplish what you work at and. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately because I don't want to be negative, but I think there needs to be a little bit of a dose of realism yeah. too. So once in a while, yeah. <laughs> so it's a great uh, or a, a dose of reality rather than realism, reality. But uh, but yeah, no, Cyril, I'll leave it at. I appreciate you jumping on, and I'll ask you this, man: What's next for uh, Cyril? What does the future hold? Uh, uh, you know, just from a 
on a personal level, family level, work level, SoCal level. What's what's next for you, bud? Uh, it's a good question, and you know, I think it's a, it's still a process. Like every day, you're trying to figure that out. Uh, but I'm not as nervous about where where I'm going to end up. I'm really confident that whatever's going to happen next, I'm going to be pretty successful at it. I just uh, I think for now, it's exploring living in the states a little longer and trying to do well uh, in what I've set myself to do is whether it's working for this company or another one, but just uh, trying to excel at that. Um, and, and then decision is, you know, do I stay here or do I come back home to Canada? Um, and, and then what's next? I, I, I haven't figured that all out, but I'm, I'm not exactly nervous about it yet because I, I have a feeling it's going to work out. No, I hear you. And that's kind of a loaded <laughs> question because really – uh, you know, it's like uh, I remember reading a quote from a dude who uh, it's funny He's a guy I coached, I uh, coached against. And anyways, through set of circumstances, he ended up going back and playing some football and he's uh, and, and he actually had some success and he was 40 wow. years old and he's playing overseas. <laughs> yeah. And it was. Yeah. No, that was the big wow part. And he uh, I think he was early 40s. Anyways, and I mean, and, and, the funny, and he looked like a Florida. Don't get me wrong. It wasn't like a good story. I think he felt he looked like it, but he said, but the funny thing was he had a very talented team around him. He was a quarterback. So he just delivered and they ended up um, because it was, they, they didn't hold the actual league in, in Switzerland. They kind of just did a domestic league with no imports. So it wasn't really the, the, and I'm doing the quotations, the semi-pro league. Um, they had a lot of success and went to the finals and, and, Oh, the reason I'm bringing all this up is just kind of touching what we were talking about is I love this quote because, you know, he said, very rarely in life do you plan something and it goes exactly as you hoped or as exactly as you had planned it. And he goes, this was one of the few times that this went <laughs> as good as I could possibly hoped. And so the point is that when I ask you what's next, um, you know, I, I don't think things ever go as exactly as planned, but still kind of interesting. And, you know, it's funny, we kind of... Uh, out of time here and i feel bad because i i wanted to ask you a little bit about uh living in the states live los angeles compared to ottawa some of those differences but you know what man that's maybe a conversation for another time so cyril really really appreciate you taking the time in your day i know how busy you are i know how valuable the weekends are um appreciate you taking some time to talk with yeah, us no, today, man. No thanks wayne it was, it was fun doing it uh and um uh... Yeah, anytime you need me to come back on or any chat, please let me know when I'm back in Ottawa and, and you're back from uh, the East Coast. Let me know. Happy to get together. No, oh, 100%. And I mean, like I said, uh, and I kind of mentioned that the, uh, in the intro to it, uh, I, gotta, I met Cyril when Cyril was, was a player for the University of Ottawa. And, uh, and I remember how accessible he was. And funny enough, I was coaching with the Giants. And the way I met kind of Cyril was I brought Giants players and it was funny to see their eyes kind of open up at the University of Ottawa. Like, this is a world that I can be part of. Because like you said, the Giants are such a diverse organization. Yeah. I think it's the most diverse yeah. in the city in the sense you draw from such a, a, a varied background, socioeconomic backgrounds, ethnic yeah. backgrounds, uh, language backgrounds. Um, it's just the most diverse. So, I mean... And, and, and like I said, I, I, you, you may remember vaguely, but I can tell you right now, I'll always remember the look in those kids' eyes when you took the time in your pregame to talk to them. And I mean, and, and you'll be happy to know at least two or three of them from that day on, um, wanted to be like you guys and, and 
went on to either college or university based, you know, a little bit on that experience. So like I said, Cyril's one of the good guys. Cyril, really appreciate you joining us and everybody else out there. I appreciate you listening and uh, make sure you catch us on our next um, NACAFA 65 years of our Huddle Includes Everyone podcast. Thanks again. And we'll uh, see you on the next episode.